We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gents, boys and girls, happy Friday, TGIF. Hope you're all doing well. Chris Phillips here of the Daily Crow of the Spurs Up show. Appreciate you all tuning in. We are live taking your questions, your comments, your calls as well. 843-790-3377. That is 843-790-3377. I see Brendan M. Gad, what's going on? Appreciate you guys tuning in. Also those in the Big Cot Club Discord, over the TDC Questions channel, the TDC Questions channel, to be sure that your questions are answered. There, we've already got a text from Panic Ritter. He says, so happy the ladies won. I was panicking, and I was worried. And Panic Ritter. Ritter, of, of course you were, my friend. You're Panic Ritter. It's right on brand. Either way, uh, again, guys, really excited to chat because, of course, it is game day. Gamecocks getting their three-game set. Against the Penn Quakers going today at Founders Park. Also, it's a victory Friday as South Carolina women's basketball gets the job done last night in Knoxville and earns at least a share of the SEC regular season championship. So, it feels good to be good for Don Staley's squad as always. And it feels good to be chatting with you all here in this Friday. Of course, guys, as always, TDC brought to you by our friends over at Price Picks. Go download the Price Picks app, or go to pricepicks.com, and when you do, use that promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Guys, you can play anything and everything, college sports, pro sports, anything and everything in between. They've got it over at Price Picks. So many fans and listeners of the Daily Crow have made tons of money with our friends at Price Picks. So, again, you should as well go download the app or go to pricepicks.com. And when you do, use that promo code T-S-U-S to receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up show sent you. Guys, again, a lot to get into here on this Friday, February the 24th, 2023. Go ahead and get your questions and calls in because at 12.15, we got my good friend Mark Ryan. He will join the show, of course, normally Mark is on Wednesdays but because of being busy, because of some scheduling things. He will join us today instead of Wednesday. So, again, really, really excited to chat with Mark, everything that's been going on all week long. Um, yeah, and looking forward to that conversation. See Youngblood, what's up? Brandon Coombe, we'll go ahead and dive into your questions. Do you expect Rames, Rose, and Upshaw to return? You know, it's tough to say 
just because of the nature of the situation and what's going on. And, and you know, you um, and, and I know there's there's folks I've seen people on social media that are like, why would you feel bad for them? They made this mistake. But, you know, I, I do. You know what I mean? The fact that one decision like that, granted, it was a bad decision, but the decision like that uh, can completely change your life. You know what I mean? And those guys may miss out on an opportunity to play football at the University of South Carolina. It's unfortunate. You know, it is unfortunate. But, uh, you know, from what I know right now, from what we know right now, uh, I think Rames is the one that most likely is uh, – it's going to be – it looks the most unlikely, I think, that he's back. Maybe Rose and Upshaw return. But I, I have no idea. It's pure speculation on my end, guys. I, I really have no idea, so we shall see. Um, hopefully, it works out for the best, though, for all three of those guys. Uh, Xavier, what's going on? Appreciate you tuning in. Uh, a lot of exciting things, again, guys, happened on this Friday. You might have seen, by the way, it's officially official. I have scheduled for next weekend. We will be doing, not looking past this weekend, of course, but next weekend, we will be doing the live stream watch-alongs. Live stream watch-alongs are back, and we will be doing that for the South Carolina Clemson series for all three games. Right here, live in the studio, we will watch the games together. Actually, yesterday... Uh, was testing it out last night. Got this bad boy right here, the brand-new lavalier microphone that I will be hooked up to, which will be awesome. I won't have to wear the headset. I won't have to have the mic floating in front of me, if you will. We'll have this lavalier mic pinned to my T-shirt here, and uh, that will give us a lot of freedom and fex- flexibility here in the studio. So going to be a lot of fun, guys. I'm looking forward to it. Again, I think it's going to be a value add for content, which – is the entire basis of this business, right? Is creating content. I mean, at the core, that's what it is. I think it's going to be a value add for your guys. It's going to allow me to be plugged in, locked into the game and and looking forward to it, man. And looking forward to trying something different, right? Looking forward to trying something different. Really, really excited. I know there'll be some of you out there that'll be disappointed. There'll be no tailgate or there'll be no... But this is what's best for Fortune. Again, it's something exciting. Like I said, the ability and the opportunity to create content remote uh, is something that I love to do. So the live stream watch-alongs will get rolling next weekend for all three games. And, uh, you know, depending on how those go, which I think they'll go well, but depending on how well they go, that is going to be something that you could see much, much, much more of moving forward, right? I've already teased my thoughts on football season and why I think it'd be a really cool idea to, you know, to do that and have a post-game call-in show and all that good stuff. But it's officially official for next weekend, the live stream watch-alongs for the South Carolina Sucks series, right? The South Carolina Sucks series, that will take place, uh, the live stream watch-alongs next weekend. So really excited. Guys, um, let's see. Let's see. A lot of great college baseball this weekend. How about South Carolina? Or excuse me, not South Carolina. Clemson sucks and UCF have a series. And our 11.7 buddies, they are both picking Central Florida to take the series. Really intriguing stuff. Really intriguing stuff. Uh, you've also got TCU, Florida State, East Carolina, North Carolina, Ole Miss, Maryland, Vanderbilt, UCLA, Mississippi State, Arizona State. Um, what else? Auburn Southern Cal, which got moved from California to the Plains. A lot of great baseball this weekend. A lot of great baseball. T- or excuse me, Grand Canyon and Gonzaga is a sneaky good one. Uh, who else? Who else? Anything else? Tennessee, Dayton. That's kind of whatever. Um, 
yeah, some great baseball, though. Some absolute great baseball uh, on this weekend. Really, really looking forward to it. So, again, guys, taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. That's 843-790-3377. Brendan says, I wonder if Potato will be back. What a throwback there, Brendan. I'm, I'm impressed. And you know what's cool, too? <clears throat> you know, I, I've told you guys I have the Time Hop app, right, that uh, shows you on this date a year ago, two, three, four, five, whatever. And I've seen some screenshots from like three, four, I would say three years ago, right, of doing the Daily Crow and and seeing commenters that are still on here today is just, it's really cool, man. I appreciate y'all. Let's jump to the phone lines here. Skyler, what's up, man? How are you? I hate weather. Why? I, I'm, I'm confused. What's up? This weekend is the prettiest weekend for college baseballs. And damn it, damn it, next weekend's going to call for rain all weekend. You worried about the weather seven days out, my guy? I mean, I, you know, I'm... Uh, Hell yeah, I'm worried about the weather seven days out. I hate Clemson. Yeah, I mean, hopefully it'll clear up next week, and I have no idea. But it, it is gorgeous this weekend for sure, man. 80 degrees in Columbia, something like that. 78, I think. So, Dude, uh, yeah, it's going to be a beautiful weekend for ball for sure. Oh man, it sure is. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, what I'm seeing, what I'm seeing on weather.com, my guy, for next weekend, sixty percent chance of rain in Columbia on Friday, which they don't play in Columbia. Thirty uh, percent chance on Saturday, which of course is played in Greenville, and then on Sunday, high of sixty-eight with an eight percent chance of rain. So I think you're going to be fine. I think you're going to be fine. They're saying seventy-five in Clemson on Friday. Mm, well. Maybe they'll play the doubleheader. Heck, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you never Maybe know, play- man. You never know. Anyway, I do think I want to give my prediction, mm-hmm. legit prediction for this weekend. I think the Gamecocks win two out of three. I think uh, that team finds a way to at least sneak one out against us. So I you, mean, so you got so you do have ten taking a game. I do because I just feel like that's a quality team. They're. Uh, they're an older team, you know, even though they're in the Ivy League, you know, baseball is baseball. And I just feel like they'll at least take one game. I mean, that's fair. Listen, I, I it wouldn't shock me if uh, if Penn took a game. I just think with the way South Carolina's playing right now, I mean, again, I, I think it's a fair pick for sure. I, I really do. I just think with the way Carolina's swinging it right now, but I just come back to this, Skyland, that even if they don't swing it that way all weekend, I, I just – the pitching's been so good. So, I, you know, I, I certainly could see it. Uh, I certainly could see it, but, uh, you know, we'll see. I look at this <laughs> we'll weekend – I look at this weekend as a measuring stick for our offense. These guys have pitchers. Mm-hmm. They just don't have throwers. And I look at it as a yeah. measuring stick. Yeah, so, no doubt. No, no, I, th- I think so as well, man. I think, uh, you know, Owen Cody going today, preseason pitcher of the year by D1 Baseball in the Ivy League, and he's a guy that, you know, was electric for them a season ago. And, I mean, they've got some dudes. This is definitely your best – this is this is your greatest challenge yet, no doubt. I, I think we're actually going to learn something this weekend. You know, we'll get a great idea. I don't think you're going to see the crazy 19-3 to 3 scores. I mean, I I hope so. I'd love to, but uh, – <laughs> I, I, I doubt that's really the case. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how we respond to it. You know, I don't want to anoint Penn as something they're not, is that they're some some juggernaut or anything, like there's some SEC team. But they've obviously got talent. Took two or three from A&M last year. And, you know, so it's uh, obviously a series you should win. Do you sweep? I think that's the question. But, uh, 
yeah, it'll be it'll be a great challenge. I think it'll be I think there will be it will be competitive baseball. Let's just put it that way. It will be. And I just like I say, I just want to, you know, sum this up sum this up as our measuring stick. If the offense hits and scores a lot of runs, I'm gonna take it as we're gonna have a good season. This is what we're gonna do all year. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. This isn't just another <laughs> another team that's a nobody. They have guys. Mm-hmm. They they finished second in Ivy League. There was a game away from Omaha. Uh, I think this is just like I said, a measuring stick. Yeah, no, I think so as well. I think so as well. And I think it's a nice ramp up for next weekend too, with what uh, with what Clem sucks is going to field. Um, you know, again, I, I think it's really interesting, man. Their their weekend, like I don't know if you just heard me say, but our guys over at eleven point seven, they're both picking UCF to take the series from Clem sucks. So at their place, I mean, it, it, that would be what a uh, what a turn of events that would be. And I, I was looking at UCF, and I'm like, are they really that good? But uh, you know, I, I think too, it's some skepticism around the Tigers and, and what they've got this year. But we'll see, man. We'll see. We'll see. It's gonna be interesting. Are you going any games this weekend or no? I think I already asked you that. No, I'm going to uh, (laughs) – as of right now, all just two of the series, the Saturday and Sunday, and I plan to watch Friday night at home. Gotcha, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. That's what's up, man. Well, it's going to be a fun weekend. Like I said, I'm looking forward to it. And, uh, you know, I I know we're all kind of peaking. You know, we're sort of peaking ahead to next weekend as well. But I'm excited for this weekend. I I really am. I think uh, it's a good challenge. And I feel good the Gamecocks will get the job done. All righty. Skyland, well, you're the man. I appreciate the call, my guy. Hey, great yeah. measuring stick. If we hit the ball, hey, I'm going to be excited for all season. Yeah. All season. Same here. Consistency in the approach, my friend. That's what it comes down to. Consistency in the approach. Skyland, appreciate you, my guy. We'll talk soon. All right, brother. Take care. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> I see Stephanie Lee. What's going on? Happy Friday. TGIF and D. Yeah, John Everett, Ole Miss firing Kermit. Davis today. I think he was like five seasons in, something like that. Um, Jeremy Wardell says, this is a good team. Kingston's here to stay. I'm glad you feel that confident five games in. We shall see. I mean, listen, I there's no gray area, <clears throat> Jeremy, with South kind of baseball. It's either – I think it really is super regionals or bust. I think at minimum, at minimum, you'd need a regionals final appearance, and I don't know that that would even be enough. Um so, listen, if Mark Kingston earns his way back, I'm more than happy for Mark Kingston to be the coach. I, I want South Carolina baseball to win more than I want a coaching change, and that goes for every single sport, right? I feel like it goes without saying we want to win more than we want a coaching change, no matter what the sport is. But if it's evident that a change is needed, then, you know, you, you have to do what you have to do. Uh, all right, I see him waiting in the wings, guys. I know it's a minute early. We're going to go ahead and get him, get him in. I know we normally have him on Wednesday afternoons, but due to some scheduling things, of course, they were live, I think, on location at Ingalls and Spartanburg, so really, really cool stuff. Be sure to check them out. Three to seven offsides with Mark Ryan. And Mark Ryan of the Fan Upstate, he joins us here on this Friday. Mark, what's going on, my man? Glad we're able to make it work. Loving the Panthers pullover, by the way. It's a good look on you. Look at this, man. There you go. Got to represent with the local teams. Now, I can't get away with this with the Gamecocks, and I can't get away with this with Clemson because it shows favoritism. But I feel Mm. like, I feel like the Panthers are enough of a neutrality, right? I will tell you this, though. Uh, When you rock this, it screams to people much more Gamecocks than Clemson. 
Clemson fans are bent because the Panthers have never drafted a Clemson player. Okay. So there's a lot of Clemson fans that feel like for whatever reason, the Carolina Panthers are run by Gamecocks. So I think by wearing this, it's kind of 70, 30 more Gamecocks than Clemson. But here we are anyway, my brother. Great to catch up with you. Appreciate your flexibility with us this week. What is good? What is good, Daily Crow listeners? How we doing, man? We're doing well, man. We're uh, pretty much in the heat of baseball season, going into the second weekend. And obviously, what a week of basketball it was, Mark. And uh, I I know that uh, the Gators, I think they dropped a tough one right to Kentucky. I thought you guys had that one for a while. That was a pretty good game. Yeah, man. Look, can can we focus on more positive topics here today, Chris? I mean, really, uh, no Colin Castleton for the Gators anymore the rest of the year, right? Um, I did happen to notice outside of your game, um, and I know somebody, Chris, that was involved in this, the uh, South Carolina-Alabama basketball game, some Gamecock students went in prison gear to the Alabama and South Carolina basketball game which to me, look, um, I understand the seriousness of what took place. Fans are always going to try to find the humor in a situation. Showing up to Gamecocks against Alabama in a prison jumpsuit. Chris, is that onsides or offsides? All is fair in love and war, I think, Mark. So, I mean, whatever you want to do, the heckling. I'm a big proponent of heckling. I like heckling. Uh, you know, would I do it? Probably not. But, you like heckling, you know. Chris? I never would have known. I never yeah, would have known. Right, I'm learning right. something new about you every single day. I never would have known. Oh, yeah. What, what yeah, was it? The sure. Clem sucks that gave it away yeah, or what? Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. No, no, absolutely, man. So look, the team is starting to play much better basketball with Lamont Paris. Mm-hmm. This is what you see, right? Like slowly, but surely it may not be reflected lately in the wins and losses, but to be right there against, uh, against Alabama right there at the end of the game. Again, what does this mean for this year? Not a lot. What does it mean moving forward? Quite a bit, right? It means quite a bit moving forward. And I don't know if next year is an NCAA tournament team. Um, I have no idea. I have no idea. But I do think as you watch this team, I think a realistic goal next year for the, for the uh, you call them the court cocks? Is that what you call court them? Court cocks, yeah, the court cocks. Is that what you call them? Okay. <laughs> I, I just want to make sure I have the right version of it here, Chris, That's for it. you. Um, this could be an NIT team next year. And look, that might not move the proverbial needle, but you got to crawl before you can walk. And correct me if I'm wrong, you're starting to see some flickers of competitiveness, not to mention a team that is totally not quitting, right? How many coaches could get a team not to quit with a season like the one they're having right now? And again, those of us who said, Ray Tanner did a nice job with this hire, right? We're we're popping our collar a little bit right now based on the effort that you're seeing. Yeah, I agree with you, Mark. You know, it's interesting. I came out of that game Wednesday night, and, of course, we'll start there. You know, Brandon Miller, no matter what you think about him or what's going on off the court, he was fantastic. And I thought the showdown between Miller and Jackson was was truly a lot of fun to watch. But but I came away from that game, Mark. You know, South Carolina was a 17-and-a-half-point underdog. I, I picked the blowout loss. I didn't have a lot of faith, to be honest. But – to see that type of effort, was it heartbreaking? I mean, for sure, right? Losing in that manner, it's always going to be tough, especially when you felt like you had victory in your in your grasp. But I came away from that encouraged. I mean, like you mentioned, Mark, I, I think it's a positive sign, things moving in the right direction. And, you know, I think NIT would be a great step in the right direction next year. And 
and show that progression. And I think, too, what you love to see is – is the is the development of certain guys, right? Like Jacoby Wright and Josh Gray and Michi Johnson more so coming into his own. And then I I just still applaud Lamont Paris, Mark, for you know the decision he made a couple of weeks ago to bench Gigi Jackson. And it feels like Gigi has responded, right? You got to make those tough decisions as a head coach. And you know, he did that not because he he dislikes Gigi or some sort of punishment, but you know, he wanted to challenge him. And I think he's made the most of it. And Gigi's into the challenge. And again, so I think. To your point, I think you have to give Lamont Paris a lot of credit for this team fighting throughout the stretch. They've got a really tough one. I'm interested to see, Mark, how they respond tomorrow because it's not like you're playing Ole Miss or Georgia. You got Tennessee at their place, the 11th-ranked Volunteers. So that'll be a really, really tough game. The matchup isn't all that great. But, uh, you know, Mississippi State after that and then Georgia at your home floor to close out the regular season. But, you know, all in all, I'm, I'm pretty impressed with the way they're closing out the year and what we all knew was going to be a tough season. But there are encouraging signs, especially from a game like Wednesday night. It, it made me believe even stronger, Mark, that I feel like the foundation uh, is being laid for a solid basketball program under Lamont Paris. Look, um, what is the progression, right? Like, if you are doing the chart, Chris, and you are looking at – your goal of progression for this team, right? Because we have polled both Clemson and South Carolina fans, and unbelievably, the expectations for both basketball programs are exactly the same, Chris. Both Clemson and South Carolina have the same expectation. What is that expectation, you ask? I'm so glad you did. I'm here to tell you. It is make the tournament more years than you miss it. That's the expectation, right? Frank Martin is one for 10. Brad Brownell is one more loss away from being three out of 13. That's not getting her done, brother. That's not getting her done. So if you look at Lamont Paris, what about this? Year one, no tournament. Year two, NIT. Year three, tournament. Year four, tournament. Two tournament berths in a row. Then after four years, you're two out of four in terms of making the tournament. And if you can do that, right, you're looking at Lamont Paris and you're saying, look at what this guy has done because he started with the gaslight on E, right? Like he's, he's driving on fumes for quite a while here. And, you know, to your point about G.G. Jackson, I don't look at that in the same negative light that some, that some might. This is a kid who was Mr. Everything, who, you know, has not um, on the court anyway, had to deal with a ton of adversity. Uh, in his in his competitive life, and he looks at it like he's getting embarrassed out there on the courts. And again, I agree with what Lamont Paris did. I I myself, knowing myself, Chris, I think I have a good feeling for you. You and I would be pissed if we were going through some of what Gigi Jackson's going through as well. We would need a reality check, right as well. And so. I would always, and you guys let me know if, if you agree or disagree with this, I would always rather have a guy who is like pissed and chucking Gatorade coolers and, and livid and furious and popping off than the guy who's like laughing on the bench when you're losing by 20. You know, like, give me the guy who's pissed off, man. Give me the guy who says the BS stops right here. And, you know, I'm, I'm really encouraged by the way that Lamont and Gigi are growing together. Whether or not Gigi um, comes back to school or not, 
What he did by committing to South Carolina showed that the Gamecock basketball program is electable, just like we were talking about with Nichols Harbor a couple weeks ago. For To have those guys choose the Gamecocks opens the door for other blue chips to choose the Gamecocks in the future, and Gigi Jackson probably is a one-and-done. But the next guy might not be. And you might be in line for a three- or four-star player that wouldn't have otherwise considered the Gamecocks that is not going to leave right away. And those are the kind of players that you build around. So I'm actually really impressed, man, and I do not believe you can measure success this year for Lamont Paris in the win-loss column. Now, Mark, you bring up something very interesting, and I'll say this. What you and other Gator fans think about your program and the expectations for your program, no matter the sport, is more important than what outsiders think. So the same thing with South Carolina. What Gamecock fans and what we think about our program and the expectations is more important than what outsiders think. I, I bring that up because I want to ask you, I feel like the question that hasn't been asked is this. You know, you, you talk about your audience and the polling of your audience, and I, I would agree from the masses that I hear from as well, you know, making the tournament more often than you don't is the expectation. But I'll ask you as an outsider, do you think that's a fair expectation for South Carolina basketball? Because it's not a program that has ever done that. I mean, we talk about football and the lack of tradition and history. I mean, basketball might be even worse. So your overall thoughts, I mean, when you look at the South and, and we'll say and the Clem Sucks basketball program, like, do you think that's fair expectations for two programs that really have never had that kind of success? I absolutely, Chris, no argument stains my hands more than this argument of we can't expect to have success because we've never had success, okay? You want to burn my brownies and crack my coconuts, man? You, you keep bringing that crap up, man. I got smoke coming out of my ears. That is such a loser's mentality, okay? Woe is me. Stop acting like Eeyore around here. All of you, okay? What was Gonzaga before Mark Few got there? What were they, Chris? They yeah. were, what are they, a West Coast Conference team? And now they've gone from a mid-major, a tiny conference team, and they have now provided the blueprint, not only for the Clemsons and South Carolinas of the world, but for the Furmans of the world as well. Look at what Gonzaga has built out of nothing. Remember Wichita State, the Shockers, a few years ago? Like, give me a break, man. You get the right guy in charge. You build something. Your past does not dictate your future. History is just that. You want to live life through the rearview mirror, man? Go right ahead, but I'm looking in the windshield, brother. And, and until you can identify for me what the obstacles are for success, I'm looking at that as an excuse. As an excuse. You know, the reason why Frank Martin and Brad Brownell have been there as long as they are is because the athletic administrations thought what they've done is good enough. What they've done is good enough. And it's pathetic, Chris. There is absolutely nothing standing in the way of South Carolina and basketball success. Absolutely, positively nothing. Nor should that be used as an excuse in any way, shape, or form. You build your brand, you build your identity, you get the right coach in there, you recruit, you utilize the SEC. Man, there is absolute. What was Florida basketball before Billy Donovan got there? What was Florida basketball? And you know what he did? He got Mike Miller. And when Billy Donovan left, he said, how do you attribute your success at Florida? He said, 
I go back to Mike Miller because when Mike Miller chose the Gators, that showed other five stars, right, that we were a good place to go. And then Florida got Donnell Harvey and Brett Nelson and Teddy DuPay. And then they had all those, what Florida, what basketball history did the Gators have, right? That is the worst possible. And I'm not saying you're making that excuse, Chris, but this whole, like, we need to keep Will Muschamp because he had the best record through three years we've ever had. Oh, God. You can see the tail wagging the dog with the program, can't you? He won 23 games in three years. Uh, and that 7.6 wins a year is better than we've ever had. What a loser's mentality that is, man. When you open the blinds and you see the light outside, the future is so bright, you need shades. Cut the crap, okay? You can achieve anything. If Gonzaga can do it up in the middle of bleeping nowhere, you can too in the Southeastern Conference. Mark, let's move from the hardwood to college football. And, and this is something we've been discussing a little bit this week, but the uh, Ross Dellinger of Sports Illustrated, many, many others as well ha have talked about, you know, per sources, there are things coming into place that will shorten the college football game. The changes are, quote, meant to reduce plays in games for safety and game length reasons. I'm sure that's why they're doing it. But the four proposals, uh, prohibiting consecutive timeouts, to, for example, like icing kicks, no one time downs at the end of the first quarter and the third quarter. Uh, the clock. This is where it gets interesting. Clock running after first downs, except inside of two minutes and a half, and clock running on incompletions once the ball is spotted, which is a really interesting one. Mark, your overall thoughts on that and what the powers and be are trying to do to college football. Well, I got a bone to pick with you about uh, Gamecock College football, Chris, but I'm going to wait on that for a minute. I will politely <laughs> answer your, your question. Um, raise your hands, anyone who wants less college football. Is anybody doing that? Is anybody saying, you know what I would really appreciate? You know, like what we don't want in sports, Chris, is we don't want Braves games in game number 66 of the year going into the 16th inning. That's what we don't want, okay? And Rob Manfred, I'm one of the only guys who loves how progressive he is in trying to, um, you know, trying to adapt the game to the modern times. Who the hell is saying, give me less college football, speed up the game? You know, their time of games has been remarkably consistent. The, the time of games was three hours and 18 minutes in 2018. It was three hours and 20 minutes in 2020 three hours and 19 minutes in 2021 and three hours and 21 minutes in 2022. How could you possibly be more consistent than that? You want to ruin the game? Start running the clock after incomplete passes, man. You know, like, and seriously, then Chris has, have we thought ahead to this point? Does the clock run now when you spike the football late in the game? Sorry, incomplete pass. Clock is running. By the way, between me and you, why isn't spiking the football intentional grounding? Where is the receiver? Close by to that, Chris. You're not the quarterback's in the pocket, right? Where is the receiver? <laughs> You're throwing the football. How is that not intentional grounding? So, you know, I think that is the most awful idea that I have ever heard in my life. Some of the other ones I don't mind, right? I don't mind the, you know, no icing the kicker. Studies have shown that that doesn't even work. But literally nobody is saying, man, you know what? This sport that we are most passionate about. Go ahead and speed it up. I've got to get on with my day. That is the dumbest idea I've ever heard. Yeah, college football fans, I think, would watch six-hour games if it came down to Because why not? We only get like 12 or 13 of them a year. 
Mark, what's what's the bone to pick here? What what's 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 up with uh? Yeah, and, and one more what, point on up? that, Chris. You know, most teams get six home games a year, mm. right? Yep. If you're in the stadium for four hours, this is something you and I talk about. Fans talk about 365, 24 seven. So if you get six home games a year, you're in your stadium for a total of 24 hours. Mm. Okay, you get to be in your stadium for your sports passion one day out of 365 for the year who the hell wants that time to speed up quicker that makes absolutely positively no sense no sense whatsoever uh okay chris here's the bone to pick there are a ton of smart people out there okay you potentially being one of them who are latching on to total nonsense because we get into this tiered fight among college football fan bases chris Please tell me you're not buying the nonsense that based on opponents winning percentage, the Gamecocks have the toughest schedule in college football next year. What a bunch of hooey. Are you kidding me? I was seeing this on 24 seven sports and I'm like, I'm sorry. What? When is the, we actually posted a graphic schedule strength based on last year's opponents record. And has anybody even stopped to consider The fact, a major factor in the Gamecocks' opponent's winning percentage being great, right? So what they do is they look at the 2023 schedule and they say, what did these teams do last year? Oh, I don't know, Chris. Furman was 10-3. and That means you got the most difficult schedule in America. And I love Furman. That's a different level of football, and you know it. Jacksonville State at the FCS level went 9-2 and last year. Whoa, look at this. So two of your opponents have 19 and five toughest schedule in all of college football. Chris Phillips, shame on you. You know, these people, this people chiming in on this BS, shame on you. Okay. Shame on you. You have as much claim to the most difficult schedule in college football as I have to the president of the United States. Okay. That is a bunch of bleeping nonsense. And you know, it's nonsense, Chris. So why are you hyping it up? I, I, you said something like, as, old, as sure as death and taxes, the game cuts. Based on what? Jacksonville <laughs> hey, no, State was 9-2. Furman was 10-3. There's your opponent's winning percentage, brother. My, my, my response to it is this, Mark, don't shoot the messenger. I'm not the one that put the stats together. So, but Chris, no, I, like, I, when did yeah. we start using that to determine <laughs> yeah. next year's schedule no, I, strength? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I get what you're saying too, because I mean, you go off the last year's record, and the team could be could be terrible in this coming year, but we're going off of last year's. But team, you're getting so. credit for yeah. Furman's ten and three, right? Right. right. You're getting I mean, credit yeah, for that Jacksonville is, State's yes. nine and two. Yeah. And it's no, just, I mean, like it's absurd. I, you know what I'm I think? Not, look, South Carolina's got a good schedule. Yeah. You know, like you play uh, two of the better all cupcakes conference teams, right? Mm-hmm. In Clemson and North Carolina, you get credit for that. Right, you absolutely get credit for that, right? Furman, uh, Jacksonville State, look, that's not going to move the strength of schedule for you. But if you play in the SEC and you schedule Clemson and Furman, I've got respect for your schedule. You know, I do. But just don't hit me with this. Like, come on, man, come on. Are people really buying what you're selling, man? Because I re- I feel like I bought a ticket to a bogus movie, man, with with that with that sales job. I really do. 
Well, I'll say this, Mark, and again, I think a lot of it comes from it's February and we need something to talk about. So it was Phil Steele, I think, that originally put these stats together. But he never said, he never said toughest schedule. He said opponents winning percentage, right? Yeah, and which people, people in turn are coming saying, out with right, these right. lists of toughest right. schedules. And I'm like, <laughs> toughest schedule. So let me, let me ask you this, Mark. State how would you, going 19 and five. how would you determine the toughest schedule then? based off of like preseason ranking or like what, what are you, what are you going? I mean, cause it feels like it's kind of a, you know, it's a very debatable topic, right? I mean, there are multiple fan bases that could probably argue. I mean, I, I just always look at it as this. If you're the Gamecocks, you're in the SEC and you got to play Clem sucks every year. Y- your schedule's tough. I, I Mark have forever said, and this could be a fun topic of conversation. Cause I know maybe Florida's caught some great, really all SEC teams have caught some grief for, scheduling you know Alabama's always looked at as they play four cupcakes and then the SEC my thought on it is like the SEC is tough enough like yep. I, I yep. while I love the games against like North Carolina is a cool game and I think 2025 the Gamecocks open up against Virginia Tech and Atlanta like that will be really cool but I, I don't need to beef up the schedule Mark especially as a South Carolina fan when you already have to play the Tigers it's like I'm cool with three layups, right? Like getting to, you know, maybe it sounds like a loser's mentality, but just padding the wins, I'm all for that. Like I, we we have nothing to prove. You play in the toughest conference in America, and now you're adding Oklahoma and Texas. Like there's no need to play these tough games. Chris, I ha- I'm a Florida Gator grad. I have no need to go to Utah this year. Cameron rising, how about Cameron descending off of the schedule? Okay? I don't need any of that. Right. I like why do why does Florida need to go to Utah next year? Oh, because they haven't played an out of conference game out of state in 20 years. Mm-hmm. Like, look, man, I'm totally with you on that. And you know as well as I do that the schedule stuff, it's largely subjective based on what people's preseason rankings are. This would be a really cool study, Chris. Maybe you and I can get together and, and make this happen. You know how you determine that? The only way to determine that objectively is when the season was over. Right. So now you can go back and look at the 2022 season and determine who actually played the toughest schedule with final rankings. Right. Final FPI rankings. I've got a guy Kelly on my show today, the Kelly Ford rankings. He's one of six or seven guys that have the best computer models of of team strengths, Chris. So he's coming on my show today. He'll be on at 3.20 p.m. But after the season, before the season, you have too much inaccuracy. Right. Every single year like this year. Florida State is the overrated team that I'm selling on that, you know, was five and three in the ACC this year, but we're going to crown their ass, right? Like we're going to just go ahead and crown them five and three in the ACC. They're unbelievable. Florida almost beat them. Oklahoma almost beat them. Those were two, six and seven teams that just happened to not be in the ACC and controlled the line of scrimmage against Florida State. So we can do that, Chris, but the only way it can be objective and not subjective fact-based and not opinion-based is to do it when the season's over, which would actually be a pretty cool exercise if you ask me who actually had the top five schedules in college football last year. But just don't feed me, hey, man, it meant Furman and Jacksonville State were really good last year, so South Carolina's got the toughest schedule in America. Come on, man. Don't sleep on the Paladins, Mark. <laughs> no, I hear you. Will Core, sure. by the way, says this guy is dumb AF, and we play a tough-ass schedule. Will, nice to meet you. I'm, I'm happy to be making friends here on the Spurs Up show today. Uh, always looking at – nobody's saying you don't play a tough schedule, brother. You do play a tough schedule. 
You play in the greatest conference in all the land. Just don't feed me the BS that you're playing the toughest schedule because Furman and Jacksonville State had a good record last year. Don't, don't, don't give me that. You yeah, might be I, top I, 10. You might be top 20. Okay. But Will Corbett's great to meet you. You play a tough schedule. You don't need to defend your schedule to anybody. Okay. Clemson playing in the ACC is hurting them more, Chris. And you remember, Chris, when I had that scoop August of 2021, Clemson and Florida State reached out to the SEC and they tried their best to shoot it down, both Clemson and Florida State. You now know that was accurate, right? You now know that they want into the SEC. And the SEC would add Notre Dame yesterday. I think the SEC might be making a, a mistake here, Chris. What their take is, is like, look, we don't really need Florida State because we have North Central Florida. We have the market. We don't really need Clemson because we have the, we have the South Carolina market. Brother, if you the Big 12 adding the Houston Cougars, I got news for you. I'm from Houston. I live there, Chris. Adding Houston doesn't give you the Houston market. Nobody living in Houston watches the Houston Cougars. Oh, man, let's add Boston College. It gives us the Boston market. Nobody in Boston. That's a pro sports town, dude. Nobody in Boston watches the sports, watches the Boston College Eagles. So, like, if you add Florida State, you have 75% of Florida. You want 100%? Add Miami, too. You know, if you, want, if you have South Carolina, you have 50% of the state. If you want 100%, add Clemson, right? So I'll ask you this question, Chris, and I'll ask this to your audience and your listeners. Do you think long-term Clemson is SEC-bound? That's question number one. And question number two, would you put up roadblocks to prevent Clemson from getting into the SEC? Do you want Clemson in the SEC, or would you prefer that be an advantage that the Gamecocks always hold over their hated rivals? Yeah, Mark, I'm glad you brought this up because I was going to bring it up because I saw you guys talked about it on your show in regards to the Tigers potentially moving to the SEC and that you believe, um, you know, you guys said you believe it will happen. You know, with expansion taking place, I think you'd be naive to say no, that it indefinitely will not happen. I can most certainly see it. I mean, why would why would they – I mean, I've always – as much as I hate Clem Sucks, man, I've always kind of viewed them as an SEC team in the ACC anyways. Um, you know, just with the way that the stadium, the level of football, whatever. So I'm someone, listen, Mark, I, I run towards the competition, not away from it. I'd, I'd have no problem with them being in. Would it surprise me if South Carolina put up some sort of roadblocks or objected to it? Yes, because of, I think, the advantage, advantages it gives you in recruiting and, and just what being in the SEC means, right? You feel like that's an advantage you have every arrival, but they play every year anyways. I mean, why not? It's not like you're all of a sudden picking up a new opponent, so – I'd have no issue with it. I understand why some would and why you would balk at it. And, you know, like, if I could make the decision up to me, do I bring them in? No. But it wouldn't necessarily bother me if, if they join the league, if that makes sense. Yeah, and the SEC and, like, Greg Byrne was saying that, look, uh, I think we're good right now with 16. And they're going to feel that way, Chris, until the <laughs> Big Ten gets to 20, right? And then when the Big Ten gets to 20, they're not going to want to be left behind. Notre Dame is the hot neighbor, is the girl next door that everybody wants, right? Then I think to me, Chris, Clemson and Florida State make the most sense. And then if you're getting to 20, the fourth spot for me would come down to Miami or Virginia Tech, right? So Notre Dame, Clemson and Florida State to me, if you can get Notre Dame, how about the hilarity behind how Notre Dame has used the ACC, right? 
like when when the pandemic season was here okay we can only play this year if we're in a conference we'll join you the acc has been trying to get notre dame into a committed relationship forever and notre dame is like using acc as a friends with benefits isn't that hilarious have they just totally used them and you know as well as i do if and when notre dame actually does join it does enter a committed relationship it's going to be with the big 10 or the sec they're not joining the ACC. Who would sign up for that, right? Yeah, no, I'd agree. Mark, to your point, I want to ask you this. How do you think it would affect South Carolina? Do you think it would be a, a major negative if the Tigers were to find their way to the SEC? Do you think there'd be any sort of impact on the Gamecocks? It makes Clemson better. You know, it, it improves Clemson's finances, right? And it improves Clemson's recruiting base. It worsens Clemson's record. But yet again, Chris, what did we learn last year? That seven and four in the SEC, the Gamecocks, are better than 10 and one in the ACC. So everybody now understands the curve. There's a two or three game curve where your record is going to be that much worse. With a 12 team playoff, you're going to have to be, if you're not a conference winner, you're going to have to be 10 and two to get in. In the SEC, that is a brutal ask, but that's where you got to be to get in. You can be nine and three and get in um, if you are a, a conference champion. But you know as well as I do that no nine and three team from the SEC is going to win the conference, right? Right. Yeah, I don't think we'll ever see 2010 again, which is what the record the Gamecocks had in 2010 when they went to the SEC championship, nine and three. Uh, a really interesting year for the league. Uh, Mark, I'm going to save the specific South Carolina Clem Sucks questions on the diamond for next week when we have you on because that's going to be a really, really fun week, a fun weekend. You know, you know, I get into it. That's like my Super Bowl of the baseball season. And uh, I know you'll be there in Greenville for the game, which I know you're excited about. But, uh, you know, I, I know it's been – if you're not a diehard college baseball fan, you know, it, probably I'm sure you've been keeping up from afar. But, you know, what South Carolina and the Tigers have both been doing. Your just overall thoughts. Again, it's Leicester competition, UMass Lowell, Winthrop, Queens, Gamecocks, an intriguing series this weekend against the Penn Quakers of the Ivy League. But has anything stood out to you early in the college baseball season? I know you're looking for reasons sort of to, to be invested and watch, if you will, more so. Has there been anything that stood out to you at this point? No, I'm just really impressed. Look, I'm really impressed with the way the team has started this year, Chris. Um, the bats have really been going. Um, but I do not want Gamecock fans to fall into the same, well, this is good enough. You know, I don't want them to fall. This you have a national championship program, a a a you know a back to back national championship program, right? And so, do not settle for anything less than what the program standard is, right? One of the things working against Clemson right now is like best is the standard, and Davos had to walk that back a little bit. He said, "Look, we're not going to walk around like a bunch of failures around here when we win the ACC." But Davo, you said best is the standard, right? There, wh what does best mean, right? So you, you said that. And so if you are not meeting the standard, your fan base isn't going to feel like you are being successful. Um, Chris, the reality is you need to hold Mark Kingston's feet to the fire. I'm not saying light him on fire. He's, he's got every chance to have a great season this year. But you have laid out the expectations. The expectations have to be met 
or it's time for the Gamecocks to look for a new head coach. And in some of these early season battles, you want the team to get out to a good start. They have gotten out to a good start. But as this moves along, you're going to find out what this team is truly made of. I thought this was interesting. You know, the Gamecocks have been a preseason top 25 team, but a lot of the analytics have them in the mid-40s as a team. So who's right and who's wrong here? Are the voters right or are the analytics right? If the voters are right, Mark Kingston could have an extended future in Columbia. If the analytics are right about this team, this could be Mark Kingston's last year. But never lower your expectations, man. Like, we are in a society now, Chris, where everyone wants to be politically correct and nice and friendly and all this stuff. And look, Kermit Davis was fired from Ole Miss today because he wasn't good. He wasn't good at his job. Like, why is that so hard to say? You know, he's not good. It's not good enough. Never lower your standards and never allow history and lack of success in your history to determine your expectations moving forward. There is nothing preventing Gamecock football, the Gamecock football program from winning a national championship. Nothing. There's absolutely no reason that can't be achieved. Same with Gamecock basketball. And you don't need me to tell you, same with Gamecock baseball, because you've already achieved it, right? So you set the standard, nobody else. And as long as you don't have a financial hurdle or a recruiting hurdle, there is zero reason why you can't attain that. Well, Mark, the good news with the Yardcocks is this. I don't think there's a whole lot of gray area. And the expectations and standards are high, especially from yours truly and Mark. Listen, man, you know I don't run away from calling for our coach's job. That's that's pretty evident at this point. So, <laughs> for sure. We will be holding folks accountable here on TSUS, I can assure you. And I know you will be as well on Offsides of Mark Ryan. Y'all definitely check it out. Three to seven, Monday through Friday. Correct, Mark? Absolutely. 3 to 7 p.m. Monday through Friday. We will see you guys today. Always spirited discussion. Always a ton of fun. Truly appreciate uh, your audience. Do invite you to check us out. Uh, and if you would uh, be so kind to follow us on Twitter, that would be great as well. At Mark Ryan on air. That's at M-A-R-C Ryan on air. Chris, thank you so much, man. Mark, you're the man. I appreciate it. We'll talk soon, my friend. Take care, buddy. Take care. Great stuff from our friend Mark Ryan. Always a pleasure. Mark, always bringing the heat. Uh, guys, we'll go ahead and jump into our first break of the day. But on the other side, I want to hear from you, your questions, your comments, your calls, and more. You're tuned in to The Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. That's 843-790-3377. It looked like we just missed a call from uh, Myrtle Beach. You want to call back in, be sure to hit us up. Would love to hear from you here on this Friday, February the 24th, 2023. Again, guys, appreciate you all tuning in. Gamecocks taking on the Penn Quakers. Great conversation with our friend Mark Ryan. Always appreciate him taking the time. Let's jump back into the phone lines here. Call from Will from Dirty Myrtle. Will, what's going on, my friend? How are you? Well, what's up, buddy? What's going Just on? Calling in to uh, pick a bone with uh, Mark Ryan and that comment he just made uh, about the schedule. Yeah, he you you caught uh, a you caught a bullet, my guy. You caught a bullet. Attention. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know how much he pays attention to SEC football. I know he's a Florida grad, but most SEC schools schedule one good team out of conference and the rest are cupcakes 
we have scheduled two good teams out of conference, which is why we have the, the hardest schedule, not the other teams. I understand that those the win percentages work in, but you could take that out of it. We play Georgia. We play Tennessee. We play Mississippi State with Will Rogers returning. We got – you know what I mean? Like, it, it was a dumb comment to say that. Like, he focused on the wrong thing. You focus on the fact that we play the SEC schedule on top of playing Clemson, which is a perennial top-10 team, and North Carolina, which was in the ACC championship last year, with arguably the best returning quarterback in the country. Yes, their defense sucks, but they're still good. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, I, I just didn't I didn't, he, I didn't understand where he was coming from with that whole thing. Acting like it was a mockery for us to think we have the hardest <laughs> schedule. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I hear where you're coming from. I get where he's coming from. Yeah, no, I um, uh, I mean, our, our schedule, I would put it up there against anybody's for sure. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just, it was just, I don't see where there was a bone to pick there. You know, like if there's bones to pick, I don't think that's the one to pick on. Like, yeah, we, we always, we always have a top 10 schedule every year, bro. Like, yeah, it's inevitable. We, I mean, it's, it's inevitable playing in the SEC that you're going to have that. What's interesting, Florida is actually tied for six toughest schedule per those, uh, yeah. Heard those rankings. So yeah. Mizzou at fifth, which is yeah. really interesting. But I mean, every year we have an out of the conference game scheduled with Clemson that is normally the last decade a top ten team, top mm-hmm. five team. So right there puts you behind the eight ball. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then we schedule North Carolina, which nobody else is going to do that. Nobody's going to have a Clemson out of conference and still schedule a North Carolina, but we did. That's why we have the toughest schedule, mm-hmm. not because of Furman or, or, or the fake Gamecocks. Yeah. Like, it, 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 it's that. But anyway, I, I just got me a little bit hot under the collar because it's like, dude, we got a, we got a tough hill to climb. Don't be telling me how it ain't that tough. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's plenty tough, bro. No, anyway, yeah, it makes sense. And uh, also, in a, in a second note, uh, I've really gotten a lot more into baseball, man, and, and, and I'll, I'll say it's a lot because of listening to your shows. I've always been a casual fan. It's, it's usually been my third sport I watch. But with the demise of college basketball, uh, men's college basketball, the, the Gamecocks are really – I really took a big interest and I listened to a lot of games on the radio around here and uh, really, really pumped about it this year, man. I think that it, it definitely looks like we have a, a much improved team, especially when it comes to raking this year than we did last. And uh, just excited to see what happens this weekend. Yeah, I'm pumped, man. I'm to listen to your comments. Will, I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for the call. You're the man. Yeah. 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 yeah great stuff. Great stuff from our guy, Will. Um, <clears throat> I appreciate his call and appreciate his, uh, you know, appreciate his uh, his insight there for sure. You know, I, listen, I don't want to have the toughest schedule. I, I'll just throw that out there. I, I like, I know that, you know, some fans will tout it and it's like, well, you know, Clem sucks just schedules this. And, and I agree, their schedule sucks. I'd rather have an easy schedule. I would. I'd rather have an easy schedule. No doubt. So, um, you know, I don't want the tough schedule. <laughs> I don't want the tough schedule. But I, I appreciate, Will, I will say this. I appreciate your kind words, man, in regards to the the baseball stuff. And, and yeah, I've told you guys many times with my baseball content, I mean, I, I really feel like baseball seasons where I have an opportunity, a great opportunity to separate myself from other content creators because of my – my love and passion for South kind of baseball. And, you know, my goal with, <clears throat> with really all of our content, but especially the baseball content, is to create content to where it's in-depth and detailed enough for the diehard, but also entertaining enough for the casual fan, right? I, the, the goal is to 
The goal is to entertain all fans from, again, the casual to the diehard to everything in between. So I appreciate those kind words, Will, and glad that we're getting the job done. And, again, looking forward to this weekend. Um, Let's see. Coleman says, respectfully, Mark Ryan talks about a lot of things he doesn't know. His takes on the legal landscape of college sports tell me all I need to know. Great voice and a seemingly good guy, but hasn't done his homework. What what specific legal things are you are you talking about, Coleman? Because I mean that that's why I don't necessarily talk about them either. Because I don't, you know, I'm I'm not going to pretend to be well versed on those things. So, um, <clears throat> no, listen. There's a reason I bring Mark on my show, though. Whether you know whether Mark had a take about a legal thing here or there that wasn't quite accurate, he's entertaining. He's entertaining. Bottom line, he carries a conversation. He's good at what he does. There's a reason why he gets. He gets paid to do it. There's a reason why he does it full-time for a living. Again, Mark is a wildly entertaining person, and the content is electric and speaks for itself. And I, I value Mark Ryan's appearances uh, on our show, So I, I on the show. So I, I really do appreciate Mark taking the time. It's always a pleasure chatting with him. And uh, let's see, Maurice Claret. So, okay, I did not hear about that. I did not hear about that. Suing the NFL or NCAA to leave college early. It's already happened. Okay, Coleman, I did not even know Mark talked about that, nor did I know that was even a thing. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, anyways. Something really interesting that Mark brought up, and as we hit the second hour, it seems like many, many are opposed to the idea of one day, one day, it's not going to happen now, but one day, Clem sucks joining the SEC. It wouldn't bother me, guys. Like, it, it just... And, and I understand why it would bother some folks. Like, I, I get why it would be bothersome because it's like, that's something we have, they don't. And so we want to keep that from them. So from that aspect and that viewpoint, yeah, I, I don't want the Tigers in the SEC either. But like, from the from the competition standpoint, like, we already play them. We already play them anyways. What difference does it make, right? We, we play them every year. So it wouldn't it wouldn't drive me batty if it happened. I totally understand why folks would be opposed to it. I do understand that. <clears throat> the other reason, too, I mean, Jacob says that Clemson would get screwed in the SEC, and that's just the truth. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd love to see that happen because I know there, there would be an adjustment period for them, no doubt. Let's jump to the phone lines here. Call from John Edward. John Edward, what's up, man? How are you? Good, how are you, bud? I'm doing fantastic. Appreciate you asking. What's going on? No, I just uh, was actually listening to what you were talking about, you know, if Clemson would one day join the join the conference and, you know, it'd be like some people run from competition. Like you say, you don't run from competition either. Like, you know, I was just thinking about, you know, well, with Texas and Oklahoma joining year after next uh, for the 2024 season, like if Clemson – let's just say, you know, Clemson – and who else did Mark say, like, Clemson, Virginia Tech, Miami, hypothetical, join the SEC? It's like, you know, how would Gamecock fans feel, especially, you know, if, let's just say Clemson joined the conference, how would we feel? I'm like, I'm like, I'm like you. I'm, I'm not going to run. We play them anyway. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm all for that. I apologize, my guy. Water went down the wrong pipe. But, uh, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm the same way, man. I, I say you play them every year anyways. Why not? If they join the league, so be it. Yeah, I'm like, I'm not going to run for them, anybody. Yeah. Nor I should mean, you. Nor should like, you. No, I mean, if you – like, let me ask you this. Let me get checking on this. Would you rather have us build this football program back up by playing cupcakes or 
build this program back up by playing. I don't know if tough is the right word, but playing better competition than the cupcakes of that. I don't know if the wording was right, but rather play cupcakes to build the program or, you know, play yeah. more established. <laughs> no, you want, you want to play the to best. And to be the best, you got to beat the best, no doubt. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like I said, you play Clemson anyway. So, yeah. For sure. I, I, got, mean, I mean, I got no yeah, problem. I, mean, I, got, I got no issue with it at all. No. No, I mean, I, mean, I, I get there's some people out there that, you know, would, well, let me, you, you may not have an answer to this. Let me answer this. Why do you think some people would not want Clemson to join the conference? Why do I think some people would prefer he not join the conference? Or what, prefer Clemson, yeah. Clemson not join the conference? Again, I think just competitive yeah. advantage. I think competitive advantage. Okay. Honestly, yeah, I mean, I just think having something they don't. The pride of the Jumper Conference. And now Clemson yeah. would probably come in and be like, okay, we're playing the same conference as you guys. You know, what excuse do you have against us? But I'm like, it, it's tougher to play in the SEC. I don't care who you say. I mean, I mean, who's Clemson going to play this year? I, mean, I don't have a schedule for me, but who they play this year? Florida State and later in the middle part of the season, they play Duke week one. That's not my own. should be a tough game in my eyes because he, some people look at Clemson playing Duke week one and be like, oh, Clemson's going to kill him. I'm like, it's week one, so I don't think Clemson's going to be running on all, you know, cylinders, in my opinion, playing Duke week one. I know it's Duke football, but, mm-hmm. but I mean, they got a good coach and what he did in year one, but well, I, mean, I know it's Duke football, but that's why maybe Duke week one for them might be a little tougher. They might win the game, but you know what I'm saying? It might be a little tough for Clemson to go to Durham. Because it's the first game, and maybe full of tape. I'll be young. That's who they freaking play. Wake just lost the quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I, like, I, I would, I would like to, I would like to see them join the league because I, I really just get tired of hearing about their schedule. I mean, you know, I don't know. Yeah, okay. I'd, I'd like to see it. I, I'd like to see it. I'd like to see them play the best, of the best, and see. How I, uh, yeah, uh, yo, yeah. I'm like, you know, <clears throat> sorry about that. Like, you know, you said one day, like Texas, Oklahoma, joining. Year after next, you know, it's only gonna make it tougher for Carolina. I'm like, it's already tough enough. So it's like, you know, why not? You know, maybe I guess in a way, I'd rather maybe, in my opinion, I'll get out of here. Maybe have Shane Beamer. I'd rather us build this program back up. Maybe playing the, you know, better competition and, you know, not having people make excuses for us mm-hmm. outside our fan base, but. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm going to listen to this game today, and, you know, Sanders, Paul Mahoney. Yeah, now I'm excited, man. I'm excited for it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Penn's a quality team um, in the Ivy League. So. Yeah, yeah, they did beat A&M two or three last year. But um, do you, let me ask you this. You, we don't know the lineup or anything, the lineup yet, but mm-hmm. you think Petrie will be in there today instead of Dylan? <clears throat> Yes, I, I think Petrie will definitely be in there. Yeah, I I, uh, I would be very I would be very surprised. I would be very very surprised if he wasn't. Um, you know, I think with the way I mean Petrie's literally leading you in average. So with the way he's swinging it, I, I don't think they take him out of the lineup. Is he a freshman? He's a true freshman. Yes. Okay. Then Dylan. Yeah. I mean. The, I don't know if this is wrong to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. 
do you think the coaching staff, like with Monty and Mark Kingston, are going with Petrie early on? Or like, are they holding it against Dylan Brewer that he struggled in the first weekend and they're going to just not play him as much after one weekend? I mean, are they holding it against him that he struggled in the first weekend? I mean, yeah. I, I, it's dude, it's competition. I mean, you're going to play the best guys, and I know, I know, you got, a, you got a, a 56 game season, and it's not like holding it against you, you like we, we think you're a bad person. It's just if a guy is struggling and you go 0 for 8 with four strikeouts against UMass Lowell pitching, yeah. you got to get you have depth for Maybe a reason to give other guys a chance. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I yeah. don't, I don't know that they're like holding it against him like Dylan Brewer you're a bad person yeah, I'll never okay. see the field again but I mean bro you you go back and, and talk to guys that have played at South Carolina or just college baseball in general just college sports and the competitiveness of you know mm-hmm. baseball baseball at South Carolina is one of those where like if you have one I mean dude it's like the pros you have one bad outing or you have one bad weekend you might not see the field again it's there's a lot of pressure to keep your job and when you got talented guys especially on the bench waiting in the wings and, 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 again, with a guy like Petri, he got his opportunity. If he hadn't been very good, you know, Brewer probably slides back in. But the dude's hitting over 600. I mean, are you going to take him out? You'd be a slap dick if you did that. No. So, um, no. no, I mean, I, I think it's, you know, holding it against him, I think, is the wrong way to phrase it. I think you give guys yeah, yeah, opportunities yeah, yeah. to win jobs. And uh, some guys win jobs, some guys lose jobs. And it just is what it is, and, and you keep it moving. No, yeah, I'd probably you look I look back on I probably he was holding against the wrong thing. I was just like, you know, PG's the Petri or however you say his name. Yeah, Petri, I mean your I your coaching is, staff you know, is not doing their job if they're not putting the best possible product on the field. Yeah, so if a guy's exactly. struggling, it's I mean not, you take him out. It's it's not rocket science. You know what I mean? It's not holding it against the guy or 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 yeah, anything like yeah. that. It's just you gotta give other guys opportunities to find your best nine because the goal is to win, bottom line. And I mean again, I'm sorry, but if you go 0 for 8 with four strikeouts. And, I mean, you, I don't even remember him putting a ball hardly in play, it felt like, um, or at least hard contact. Mm-hmm. You got to give somebody else a look. You know what I mean? So. <clears throat> no, no, it's not like, you know, we all have to use games in the college baseball regular season. It's not like major baseball, we got three times as many games that really got to figure it out. You might, like major baseball, you might give a guy, let me use an example, like, I follow closely other people. But last year with Dancy Swanson, Dancy Swanson last year, I know he's moved on to another team, but still, he struggled that first month last year with Atlanta. But then he figured it out the last five months because we, it's a long season. You give the guy time, he figured it out and he paid off in the new team. But, you know, that may be a good example. And it's not like, you know, like if, like Dansby, if he had struggled like that at the college level, he, he might not have gotten much playing time. Yeah. In the college season. I mean, he, thankfully he didn't because he was a really good college player, so he never struggled. But <laughs> I don't, I mean, I'm just saying, major league level, they gave him time after a month, and he figured it out. Yeah, well, hitting hitting 240 in, in the in the uh, in the MLB is a lot different than hitting 240 at college. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm just saying they gave him time, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's like I've been seeing play every day this year, but whatever. It's you know, you got Grissom, but like, look, look I'll just say this, dude, and I'll let you go. But, you know, look, the last two offseasons losing Freddie and Dansby has sucked. But it's like, you know what? What can I do about it? You move on with the next guy. What are you going to do about it? Nothing. You move on. There's nothing I can do about it. I can play about it. I mean, I, I, I thought the Braves were smart for not signing Dansby Swan. I mean, I, I love Dansby, and I'm glad he got yeah, his – I'm glad, I'm glad he got his money, but that, that they were smart for not giving him that money. Here's what, what 
you don't probably don't know the numbers. What was he looking for? One. Was it 180 or something like that? It was nuts. I mean, listen, you, you have to let – me, let me put it this way. It's all business. Yeah, yeah. It's all business. The Braves shouldn't overpay, yeah. and Dansby Swanson should get his. Because guess what? There's going to be a day when you don't get yours anymore. So get as much as you can. I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all. You know? I mean, it's, I, yeah. I think it works out well for all, <clears throat> all parties. And the Braves have got – you know, it's uh, – I forget his name, but they got another guy that can play short Good that – yeah, Grissom. I mean, they're, they're fine. Mm-hmm. They're fine. So, I mean, why would you? Why would mm-hmm. you spend that money? So, yeah, I think it worked out well for everybody. Well, like, you know, like, would you love to keep a guy like Daniel Swanson? Yes. But you spend that much money on a player, dude, like that, it handicaps you. That's the best thing you can do. In my opinion, that's how I've looked at it the last few years. You want to keep a guy like him or Freddie, but it handicaps you in the future. It's not like we don't have good players. We still got good players. Mm-hmm. I think we'll be fine. You know, whatever. <laughs> that you know, do that in there, but um, you know. All right, Jim, we get out here and uh, hang out for a little bit on my day off, and I'll listen to the game later. Hope you have a good weekend. Yeah, man, you too. I appreciate the call, John Everett. You're the man. See you. Right, See you Take care. Great stuff. Great stuff from John Everett, as always. Hey, some breaking news during the call, by the way. Tennessee baseball and coach Tony Vitello are under NCAA inquiry for alleged tampering with star transfer Maui Ahuna. Outkick has learned. This is via at Outkick. This is a factor in the current delay in eligibility for the former Kansas shortstop. So, Tennessee is under investigation. Love that. Love that. Uh, anyways, guys, 843-790-3377. That is Let's see. Here we go. All right, let's jump the lines here. Call from Will Crescent. Will, what's up, man? How are you? Yeah, how about you? I'm doing well, man. Appreciate you asking. What's going on? Uh, on the way to Columbia myself, uh, I'm pretty sure I'm hitting the game. Uh, I'll be at the game Sunday. Uh, been to a few so far. It's been fun, obviously. Uh, when you're winning by 12, it's always fun. But uh, <laughs> super excited. Um, I'm still pessimistic when we get to SEC play. I don't even know if the Clemson series is going to tell us anything. Um, just because, like, I agree with you. I don't know how good Clemson is. Mm-hmm. Um, just because they're be- beating small schools just like us doesn't mean anything. And a first-year head coach, we don't know much about them. Um, I've been meaning to uh, kind of debate with you uh, about football. Uh, I know you said you're too early. You put nine and three. Uh, I'm actually a, a little bit against it, although I love going nine and three, you know, ten two, whatever. I don't know why everyone thinks that we're going to do do well like that. I think we're going to probably – I would, we would be lucky to get eight and four, although – because we've lost what we've lost and going to Texas A&M, to, to Georgia. Like, do people think we're just going to walk in there and 
walk away with a W. Like, if we win one of those games, I think that's going to be huge. And then you can't just deny that Missouri, Florida, and all of those games. I don't, I don't know, man. Maybe it's just Gamecock fan in me. Uh, the same old, same old, yada yada yada. But until we we have more proven depth on both sides of the ball, we, I don't mm-hmm. know. I. That's no, and and I, and I think and I think that's why your your mindset toward the year, which is a fair one, I think that's why this year is so big because I think this is going to be the year that sort of determines is that a is that a school of thinking of the past or is it justified to be a jaded Gamecock fan year after year after year? And I'm not saying that even in a negative way about you because hey, the projected over under total that. Uh, our good friend Brad Crawford put out there was seven and a half. So, I mean, seven and five could very well happen, right? I mean, even six and six could happen. When you go down the list of the schedule, Georgia's Georgia. You got to go to Neyland. You got to go to College Station. You haven't beaten Mizzou in forever. Florida whooped your ass last year. Clem Sucks will be looking for revenge. That North Carolina opener's tough. So, I mean, there's the path to six and six or seven and five. You know, I think on the flip side – looking at it in the optimistic form and fashion, if you will. Tennessee's got a new quarterback, and you just whooped them last year. You know, Texas A&M, what in the world are they? Florida's a disaster. Missouri's still not very good, and you beat Clem Sucks last year, and UNC in the opener. Uh, Drake May was very suspect down the road last year. And more importantly, you returned Spencer Rattler and Juice Wells, and we saw what they did in the final two weeks of the season, and I think most people are hanging out their hat on that those type of performances can be duplicated under Dowell Login. So the truth probably lies somewhere in the middle, my friend. I'm not saying you're wrong for thinking the way that you're thinking. And, you know, I, that's why I've said I think eight and four or better would be a fantastic season yet again in year three because I think what it would do is show that stability that we're all looking for, right? Because to your point, Will, and I hate to say this, but is it not the Gamecock way to come into a season with high expectations – and fall flat on your face, right? It's almost like you're waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like, when are we going to lose that game that we're not supposed to lose, right? Is it going to be the Mississippi State game at home? Is it going to be UNC to open up the season? Is it going to be Mizzou again? Is it going to be Florida? Are we going to go back to losing to Clem Sucks in ugly fashion? Like, you're, you're almost just waiting on that bad thing to happen. And so maybe this year, this year, year three could be a year in which South Carolina football and Shane Beamer can show that's no longer the case that school of thinkings in the past that is old Carolina football not this new era beamer ball to the moon South Carolina football right so you know to your point I think you're justified I think you're justified and we have questions going in the season that need to be addressed but uh you know I think you look at it I think the truth probably lies somewhere in the middle well my counter argument is if people are <laughs> Gangcock nation is going to go crazy if we go seven and five Mm-hmm. I still would argue that seven and five with that schedule, and let's say you take we beat Texas A&M, who's going to be much improved, or we 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 some do the unthinkable and beat a Tennessee or Georgia at home. Uh, I would still argue getting uh, another win uh, against Clemson, or beating the Florida or Kentucky, continuing like the that streak. I would argue a seven and five. I would take a seven and five, and I know it's a, it's technically a setback, but we. That's still consistency that we are competing against everybody. You know, I, I don't want to see a blowout against Georgia. Like, I know they have more depth, yada, yada, yada. But there's no – Missouri can hold – go toe-to-toe with them. There's no reason that we can't go to, toe-to-toe with them. I sometimes think that we play scared. Like, I say that, then we're going in there and whoop Tennessee's ass. But 
I don't know, man. It's just it's the super inconsistency, and it's all Gamecock sports seem to be like that. We'll go to lose someone that we shouldn't, and then beat someone we shouldn't. But it, it that's why I'm 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 thankful about baseball because I think that we find, I think we do have the depth. I think Kingston. I will give kudos to him. I think most of the people he brought in. You know, and even if they're sitting on the bench, we got much needed depth that we've been lacking. Because normally we recruit so well in baseball, and but we have not been recruiting on the level that we used to with Bryce Tanner, and I think that's unacceptable. Like we we definitely need to hold our baseball program to a higher standard. And although, like, I will argue that the 2016 and 18 we went to the Super Regional, and then that's that's cool and all, but we need to the the missing postseason is unacceptable. And if – I don't know, man. I, I, I have mixed feelings about King, keeping Kingston if we don't make supers. But if we if we showed improvement and we were in the top in the hunt most of the year, but then we end up losing to a really hot team in the regionals, I don't think I'd be against keeping him. But I, I like the sign so far. Um, I think Monty Lee is – I think he's the difference maker here. Adding – like you can just see their stance and their hitting and just – the composure and it, it, it just feels like a different team. Mm. I, I don't know. It, that, that it just it's encouraging. Uh, we'll see this afternoon how we play. I hope Will Sanders pitches better, but I, I think he will. Um, it's, it's exciting though how deep our pitching staff is. Like everybody's pitching, and and I know it's inferior competition, but you got everyone else in the East is losing. You know, Vandy's three and two. Missouri lost to FIU last night. Like. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I'm encouraged too, man. And again, I, I go back to this, you know, when you talk about the Kingston, you, you talk about Kingston and the, and the staff and everything, it's, it's, we all want to win more than we want to change coaches. So I, I would love for this to be the season where Mark Kingston shows that his way is going to work and, and bringing Monty Lee in was the answer. And they team up together to make South Carolina baseball, you know, great again, truly. So um, and I'm encouraged. I'm definitely encouraged. Like you mentioned, the approach is the big thing and the patience, the plate, and the way we're swinging it. Uh, damn the competition. You know what I mean? I, it's, it's the fact we've taken care of business the way we have. And this weekend will be a great, uh, a great indicator as well of just what we are and where we are. But uh, no, I mean, you couldn't have asked for a better start for sure. But yeah, I mean, back to your point of South kind of football, man. And again, the consistency. I mean, I, I would say this, that listen, I love coach Spurrier. We all do, but <clears throat> you know, I, I, if, if, if Shane Beamer is able to make eight and four the new floor at South Carolina, that will be something even Spurrier couldn't do, right? Because you had that three-year stretch. I'll say four-year stretch of 10 to 13. But outside of that, I mean, give them credit, right? You were making bowl games every year, right? You were going to postseasons, postseason play basically every single year. But that level of sustained consistency, like consistency I'm talking like over the course of a decade, for example – We've just never had it. We've just never, ever, ever had it. So, and you know, that's why we all hope that Shane Beamer is, is the answer and that he's here for, you know, he's here for the long haul, if you will. And I, and I think obviously that he can be, and I think he will be. I, I do believe in Beamer and, um, you know, but we're all looking for that consistency. And I think an eight and four or better year this year would be a good sign that that's taking place. You know, you talk seven and five, you know, I, I would certainly not be saying burn it down or what have you. And I think not all seven and fives are built the same. You know, it'd be an average season for me. Six and six would be a below average. You you miss the mark. And, and worse than six and six would be just a complete disaster. 
So, you know, I think the goal but should be he, eight wins uh, at minimum. I, I do. I think the goal should be eight wins. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying seven and five. I'm going to be ecstatic over it. But I also would say if we're, we want Beamer to build something, you're going to have <laughs> – you might have a slip-up. You know, we, we we're, we're facing a schedule that is hard. I know we face a hard schedule every year. But sometimes – and, and you made good points about, like, Florida. I know the Florida fan base is freaking out because they don't have a quarterback. They're, they're like, like you know, they're going crazy over there. Georgia, Georgia, although I know they recruit at a high level, I don't know if they got a quarterback. Like, I, I think that there might be – and we said about this year, and we, I was at that Georgia fan. I was horrible. Mm. But I believe that there, there will be a year that, that they're not going to stay at that high consistent level. They're going to be gettable. And South Carolina has usually been that team that played them close. And, and so I, 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 hope, I hope that I'm wrong in the aspect that, like, all these worries, you know. Because well, I remember two years ago, I, I, we were worried about, oh, we don't have a running game. Well, Kevin Harris became – in that guy so we're going to have those questions answered in some aspect mm-hmm. and so and, and maybe it's just again like a good old-fashioned game we're in but uh i'm excited uh shane beamer is doing the blue chip ratio that i mean that man's recruiting at an elite level i don't did spurrier ever re- recruit back-to-back like more four stars than three star type no we no we've we've never recruited at a 50 percent or higher blue chip ratio never never yeah, I think we had like one year, uh, and and that was like one year Spurrier where we had more four stars than three stars. Mm-hmm. But if he can keep stacking these classes, the depth will start to show. And I know in transfer, who cares about the transfer portal? We benefit more than we've lost, and and everybody that we've lost last year, like yeah, we would have liked to keep like Marshawn Lloyd and and um, Jordan Burks, yeah. But like like we've all been saying, like there's someone that can replicate those stats mm-hmm. and people that are getting more we're losing the must champ players which is fantastic so and getting people that are more about building the program and they're for the right reasons for the most part yeah no for sure man i'm excited for it. like i said and I, and I agree with you i think uh you know people just need to buckle up and, and lock in with beamer and, and and let him build and let him work and you know i think we'll be just fine so but anyway i appreciate you chris yeah, man. Hey, Will, I appreciate the call. Great stuff, my friend. Yeah, man, take care. Great stuff from Will. Good conversation. we got a lot of football talk here on this Friday. Guys, we're going to jump into another break. On the side, though, I want to continue to hear from you. More of your questions, your comments, your calls, and more. You're tuned in to The Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. That is 843-790-3377 here on this Friday, February the 24th, 2023. It is game day. Gamecocks baseball taking on the Pennsylvania Quakers in a three-game series at Founders Park. All gets going today at 4 o'clock. Of course, tomorrow, South Carolina will play at what two and then Sunday at 1 30. Let's jump to the phone lines here. Call from Robbie Davis, Zach, the Hall of Famers. Robbie Davis, what's going on, my friend? How are you? I'm doing good. I wanted to go ahead and try and get my call in before two o'clock because I'm going to go walk as soon as I'm done with my phone call. I love it. I'm going to try and get my 10,000 steps in before four o'clock. I love that. Sounds like a plan. 
<clears throat> um, my prediction for the the scores for the for the three games this weekend starting today is I got us I got us getting the sweep, and these are the scores. Okay, so just know that when I say sweep, I mean like obviously you know like we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna win. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a leftover sandwich from Jimmy John's for lunch. Okay, Babes and Webs. I had a Jimmy, a, a leftover Jimmy John's. But uh, um, thirteen to one for today. Twelve to two Saturday, and we put the final nail in the coffin on Sunday, and went fourteen to two. If we do that, Robbie, I might change my predictions for the season. I'm not even I'm not even joking. Not even joking, my guy. Because and and, and this is this is what I this is what I say about any sport, right? Yes, is that outlandish for me to say that we're gonna score that much? Yes, it's outlandish and crazy, but I don't care. Okay? For starters, all right. Still got to go out there and do, do 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 the darn thing, okay? But if if all we do, if all this team does is stay focused and does what they need to do, and just stay focused, do what they do it, and just do their best, and just don't listen to the outside bull crap, we'll take care of business no matter who we're playing against. It doesn't matter. Because as long as we take care of our business, everything else will take care of itself. That's that's a fact. We take care of our business. We're good to go. Yeah. I think it'll be a fun competitive weekend, uh, Robbie. I really do. I think it'll be a fun competitive weekend. I, I, I would love three blowouts like you mentioned. Uh, I would highly suggest you watch <laughs> yeah. all three games if you can. I, I think you'll be surprised, though, how good Penn is. Oh, I you- plan to. I plan to. I plan to. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, I, I I know the game today is four. I think what tomorrow is at six, ain't it? No, two o'clock, it two o'clock and one thirty on Sunday. Right. Six two o'clock is the basketball game. Okay, two. Okay, I got I got the times all jumbled up in my head for some reason. No, you're good. Hey, uh, a, lot of, a lot of games to keep, to keep up, up with. Multiple sports is difficult. A lot of games to keep up with. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and, and, but, uh, I'll be, uh, I'm going to, uh, try to get as many steps in as I can before four o'clock, come home, shower up and watch the baseball game. Hopefully it's a dub for all three games this weekend and, uh, go yard Cox and to heck with Clemson to heck with them. I love it. Robbie. Well said, my friend. Hey, Rob, Robbie, 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 what was, what was your pick for the basketball game? Did you give one? No, I forgot to give you one last night. No, I, yesterday. I no, no, no. I mean for the game tomorrow, South Carolina, Tennessee. Oh, tomorrow. Bro, I know the women are going to win. You don't even need to give me a pick at this point. We know they're going to win. <laughs> um, uh, we're playing Tennessee at Tennessee. At Tennessee, the 11th ranked right. volunteers, yes. Okay. I was pretty I was pretty damn close the other day whenever I picked this to pull off the upset against Alabama. Okay. I was pretty pretty darn close. Okay. But to be honest, 
I don't see us going into Tennessee and beating Tennessee. I don't. Solely because we're always getting into foul – and very important pieces are always getting into foul trouble. So I do not think we're going to win. I think it'll be 85 to 65 Tennessee. 85 to 65 Tennessee. Okay. Back to the blowouts. I love it, Robbie. Sucks to suck. Yeah, but I, I believe in Lamont Paris. He's doing it. He's doing the best he can with what he's got. Hey, should I, should I, mean, I should I give us a, uh, should, should I give the old speech like I gave before the football game? Tennessee's going to bend us over and do whatever the hell they want to do with us. Maybe that'll give us some, some positive <laughs> mojo going in. Cause the last time I did that, last time I did that, we took down Tennessee. So it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> that is true. The last time you did that, yeah. I, I it worked out well. I think I jinxed about, Tennessee oh, into oblivion. So maybe I should do it again. Uh, maybe you should. Hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Indeed. Indeed. No doubt. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Why not? Just do what, what to heck with it. Just, just, just do it. Who cares, right? <laughs> but, uh, I'm going to jump over here, and I'm going to take the dog out real quick and then go walk and watch the baseball game. Get it done, Robbie. Get it done. I appreciate you, my friend. Get it today. Get her done. Yes, indeed. Get her done. You're the man. I appreciate it, Robbie. Have a great weekend. Yes, sir. We'll talk soon. Yep, for sure. Take care. Great stuff from Robbie Davis. Guys, we'd love to continue to hear from you. 843-790-3377. Let's see. Jeremy Wardell Kingston finally has a good, healthy team. They look like a South kind of team. We've been small the last few years and injured. Yeah, for sure. Things look well right now, no doubt. Let's see. Babes and Waves, what are the details on the Newberry transfer? I don't know if there's really any details right now. We'll have to wait and see what he does in spring ball, but uh, adds great competition to the running back room. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. We will see what happens. All right, let's go ahead and jump back to the phone lines here. Bruin Nation. Bruin Nation, what's up, man? How you doing? Chris, what's up, man? Dude, what's going on? Just chilling. What's going on? Well, first and foremost, it's the first time I've ever called you. I just wanted to – I just first of all wanted to say keep doing what you're doing. You know, you got support. I mean, you know you know, you got my support. You know, you, you got your everyday support from everybody. So, mm-hmm. just keep doing what you're doing. Don't let don't don't let nobody tell you to change. I know you ain't because you keep saying you ain't. And from what I've seen, I've been following you since about, I don't know, three, four weeks before the Fire Bus Champ debut. And from then on, I, I mean, I've been here about every day. I run – I drive every day, so I you kill you kill two hours of my time. I ride, and just I put I put headset on and just sit back and ride and listen, and you know I check out the comments when I can. But, but yeah, don't ever change, man. Don't let nobody tell you you're doing anything wrong. Yeah, well, I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for the kind words. That means a lot, bro. And you you've been along for the journey, so that's that's awesome. That's awesome stuff. Yes, sir. And uh, as far as a uh, football team, I, I I think everybody's got yeah. PTSD. I mean, just we've seen it over the years. You know, you've been like me. I mean, I'm a little bit older than you. I've been 
I was there for the 99, 2000, you know, mm-hmm. the 11 seasons. I was there for the Spurrier season. You know, I was there for the Muschamp deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was there before the 11 season, you know, as a kid, you know, growing up. You know, six to six and five and – well, it wasn't six to six then. Back then, I think it was five and five mm-hmm. and four and seven and four and six. You know, I, I lived through all that. So, I, I kind of – I can I can accept the – Seven and five seasons and the eight mm-hmm. and four seasons a little better than some other people can. Some people say that's mm-hmm. you know bottom dwelling, but to me, to me, it ain't. You know, don't get me wrong. The Spurrier come along, he made it. He gave us hope, and you know, winning 10, 11 ball games through four years in a row, and seeing where we could go, and then when we took that step back and went seven and six, I think his final year, four years, mm-hmm. and then the three and nine year. I mean, I just. The people that weren't there before Spurrier or was, that wasn't really there mm-hmm. at the beginning of Spurrier don't really realize how special that was. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of them look at it like, well, you only won 10 games, 11 games, three years in a row. But that's the only time we ever did it. Yeah. So we, we got used to it. Four years of it. I mean, we had a five-year run, you know, beating Clemson and having a good team. Mm-hmm. And we got used to it. And when most champs come along and basically set us back, you know, the, the most of the noise that you hear now are – from the people that just just remember, or they only know the Spurrier time and the Muschamp time, and they're like, "Well, you know, we need to be like we were with Spurrier the whole time." Yeah, mm-hmm. we're, we were lucky there that time. Yeah, no, I mean, I, uh, and, and I think you, what, enjoy what Beamer's doing. Yeah, I, I, to that point, I think you do make a great point in the sense of like you want to have you want to have the high expectations and, and hold yourself to a high standard, but you, you do have to keep some perspective. You, you really do. You, you really, really do because. You know, there'd be nothing worse than, you know, fans, you go eight and four, and there's some people out there wanting to burn it down or, or being upset. And it's like, just, you got to appreciate, right? And that's why, again, if, if Beamer is able to build a level of stability, you know, forget SEC championships or national championships. If he can average eight wins over the course of a decade, that's why I've said, in my opinion, heck, I think he's the greatest coach in school history because that level of consistency we've just never seen before. You know what I mean? So, um, and I think we're doing that. I think that, you know, again, this year is really big to establish a new floor at Carolina. And if you can hit eight and four better this year, all of a sudden, you know, I think you got a fighting chance to one of these years pop off a double-digit win season. But it's about being more consistent than anything. I mean, that's, that's you know, I think we all saw last year how much fun eight and four is. And, again, I'm not saying that should be the end goal. But, man, if eight and four was the floor, if that was the base, I'd sign up for that in a heartbeat. I don't know there's many Gamecock fans that wouldn't. Oh, yeah. I mean, either. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I want to go twelve and zero every yeah. year, and I actually, I found myself, I find myself sometimes in the same boat as some of these. You know, the, I, I call them the younger, younger fans. Called, you know, the twenty to twenty-five year old. Most of them college kids. Mm-hmm. They're there now. You know, they were 10, 11 years old. They remember the Spurrier days, and they, you know, that's what they know. But I and I find myself acting like them sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, don't get me wrong. I, I, I want the high standards too. Mm-hmm. My wife will tell you. You know, there's been times, especially during the most champs. You know, I would sit there and I would cuss the TV, cuss the champ for everything it was. My wife said, why do you get so upset with people that you have no control over? And I tell her, I'm sick of this shit. I, I've, lived through this, I've lived through this shit for 40 years. You know, and, you know, I, I lived through the 0 and 11s and the 0 and 10s and 111, whatever it was. I can't remember. You know, 1 and 10 years and the 0 and 11. I lived through that. And I got to taste a little success. And, yeah, we, we, didn't, we never won a championship, but we were there. We had an opportunity. And, hey, I cussed Spurrier two years in a row. Yeah, when we lost to Tennessee the year that we should have 
you know, probably probably could have won the SEC or at least been in the SEC championship. I know we lost. You know, I could I could play for everybody. I say they need to fire this <laughs> SOB right now. And my wife said, right, "Why? Wait a minute! You, you, you love Furrier." And I I told her, hey, uh, I, I, "I'm sick of this. I'm sick of the game caught wait. We get so close, mm. and then we find a way to fail. Mm. And then when the Muschamp deal come along, I mean, it was just, yeah. you know, it was constant after week after week after week. And after that North Carolina loss, you know, you got on, you got on, you know, you got more famous than you were, you know, with the fire Muschamp. I, I felt it, man. I, I mean." A lot of people knock you and they give you shit about it, but I felt it, or they did then. You know, but when you when you did that little rant about fire must have, I'm sick of this shit, fire must have. I literally, the way we lost to North Carolina, the way Jay Bentley, you know, he got hurt on the end of play or whatever, but the way everything, we come into that season with momentum thinking, nah, this is going to be the best year must have had yet. And it was <laughs> like from game one, it was a letdown. Yeah. And I felt everything, you know, that whole walk down the sidewalk with you. I felt like I was there with you. <laughs> <laughs> what a but time. anyway, man, I just wanted, like I said, I wanted to call and tell you, you know, you've got my support, man. I uh, keep doing what you're doing. You do a hell of a job. And, you know, don't ever, don't ever let, let nobody tell you you're doing something wrong. Yeah. You, Nation. Say, you yeah. say, hey, you say what 99% of the rest of us want to say and, and about 75% of us won't say. And, you know, I say what I say. You know, you've seen me on social media. Sometimes I've kind of backtracked. Sometimes I've deleted some stuff I've said. But, you know, I've never heard you say anything that I know eight out of ten Gamecock fans don't really secretly say to themselves or, mm. or say they just don't want to put it out there on Twitter where the other fans look at them and say, oh, well, you just one of these bad fans or whatever. So, mm. like I said, don't ever change, man. You ain't doing nothing wrong. You're doing, you're doing what you should be doing, making money, promoting Gamecock. And, I mean, you bring a light situations that – I mean, you bring attention to things that needs to be brought – you know, attention needs to be brought to sometimes, whether people like it or not. I mean, not everybody's going to like it. Yeah. Ruby Nation, hey, I, pre- I appreciate it, one. man. Hey, I appreciate the kind words. Yep. Sincerely, man, it means a lot. Thank yes, you sir. so much yes, for the call, All my right. friend. Great stuff, man. Bruin Nation, what a call. It's incredible. And those who have been tuned in since the uh, – you know, since the fire must chant video and since those days, I mean, it's it's a cool thing, right? Because you guys have, I mean, that's that's about a month prior. Yeah, it was about a month prior to that video was when I literally moved to Columbia to pursue this full time. So, I mean, you just think about how far we've come since then and the journey and everything that's been taking place. And it's, it's, uh, it's special. It's a really cool thing. Guys, that being said, we are going to jump into one final break. On the other side, though, I want to continue to hear from you. More your questions, comments, calls, more. You're tuned in. To the Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Final eight minutes or so here in the Daily Crow. Taking your questions, comments, calls 843-790-3377. Again, want to say thank you to Bruin Nation for the call and, and something really cool. I thought I'd show you guys. That and I see the comments. It looks like many of you have been uh, been following along since the since the fire must champ days and the fire must champ video that went so so crazy on social media, especially Twitter. Uh, believe it or not, this in my hand, this is the actual bandana that was being worn in that video. I still have it, so I need to like fold this up and like put it in the background and enshrine this thing properly because. Um, 
you know, as as that that was a very notable event in the history of the business. I mean, that was one of the best things that ever happened to the business. And really, honestly, like when you look back in moments, and one day I will do this. One day we'll do like a like a five part series or a ten part series or however many how many ever episodes or whatever it takes. You know, one day we will do kind of a the history of the Spurs Up show. You know what I mean? Sort of do a a TSUS documentary, if you will, to this point, because the the journey has been really cool. And I think there's there's been a lot of things that I know many folks have no idea that took place and and things behind the scenes and what have you. And uh, yeah, it's really cool. So this this is the bandana. That is the one. That is the one for sure. And Jeff Golan's comments, I remember when the video released and I said, finally, someone said it and they have a voice. Yeah, I mean, that was the, you know, Jeff, and that was the biggest thing that, uh, you know, I, I was never looking to be like a shot jock or a hot take. Like, I, I didn't go into the UNC game, right? I didn't go into that game expecting to say fire Will Muschamp. I didn't. It just came naturally and organically. But I'd be lying to you if I said I did not see an opportunity from the jump to to have really, truly just an unfiltered opinion. And I really felt like, and it's all due respect to the to all the other entities that cover South Carolina, but it just feels so, or at least at that time, it definitely even more so felt so just, just pre-canned, just so boring, just so box scorey, game recappy, old school media. And when I came up, you know, I was asked by somebody, who's your hero, right? Who are your heroes? And uh, I first answered that question with my parents, my mom, my dad, those are the real heroes of life. You know what I mean? I, I don't put, you know, content creators or celebrities or athletes on some crazy pedestal, right? Those that uh, raised me and birthed me, if you will, and took care of me through my life. Those are those that inspire me. Those are those that inspire me and are my heroes. But there are those that I do look at in content with admiration, right? And I look at as, you know, they have paved the way to success. And for me, when I first started, with all due respect, right, of course, like I have J.C. Sherbert on my show weekly now. Those guys do a great job. And so it's no it's no disrespect to any of those guys who do it full-time. But I more so looked at the Barstool Sports of the world. I looked at the Pat McAfee's. I looked at the, you know, the Pardon My Takes. I, I, I looked at those types of shows, if you will, right, and the way that they were doing things and the way they were opinionated and they were fun and they were entertaining and, you know, the content was absolutely electric. And that's what I've always gravitated towards. That's what I've always wanted to be, or at least that type of style with, of course, my own flair and my personality uh, propelling it, if you will. So, you know, I, I just remember in the, in the college sports space as a whole, like, I think that's still there. I think that's a big reason why expanding outside of just South Carolina and talking the entire SEC, I think that's why there'd be a great opportunity there because with all due respect, Saturday down South doesn't really do it. And then Michael Bratton, I think he's about as, uh, uh, you know, as opinionated as you're going to find in the SEC. But I do think that I, I could I could break through and, and be a very entertaining entity to not just talk Gamecocks, but bring it to the entire SEC and, and bring a new flavor and a new flair and, and also talk all the sports. There's really nobody out there that's covering SEC sports, the big three, I'm talking baseball, basketball, football, and we'll throw women's basketball in there too, but there's nobody who's covering all of the sports as a whole, really. I mean, Saturday Down South, in regards to like podcasts and shows, now social media, you know, SDS does a great job. 
um, what have you, and there are others out there. But, I mean, it feels like a pretty wide-open market, you know, when it comes to college athletics. And so, again, that, that's just something that's why it's on my mind, if you will. And um, anyways, though, you know, I saw that opportunity from the jump in the South Carolina space. I'm like, why, why is nobody just – voicing an opinion, like having an opinion, like being willing to say, hey, this player sucks, this coach sucks, or this guy is great, or this guy is that. Like, why not? You know what I mean? Why not? So, I, I you know, we identified that early from the jump, and obviously I just love creating content, and, um, you know, it's it's one of those things that, uh, you know, it's, I, I'm truly passionate about, it and it fuels me. It really does, man. It's, it's like, you know, when I go on vacation or whatever, or go out of town and you know, I don't do that. So, for example, when I went skiing and stuff like that, we had a great time. But it's almost like when I'm not creating content, like something's missing. I, I feel like I'm not utilizing the skills and the gifts and the talents that I was that I was blessed with from the Lord above. Like I'm just I'm not you. I'm not living. I'm not living out my dharma. I'm not living out to my fullest potential when I don't do that. And you know, I'm so grateful I'm in, I'm in a situation and I have an opportunity and I put myself in a position to where I get to do that on a day-in, day-out basis and I'm able to inject the universe with value. And, and uh, you know, I, th I think, uh, you know, you guys respond accordingly and I truly do appreciate it, man, the love support because I've mentioned so many times, but it's true. I'm grateful for each and every single one of you guys that tunes in, that shows love, that supports, whether it be on the podcast, the live show, the merchandise, uh, the events, whatever it might be. Because without you guys, obviously, man, TSUS would not be what it is, what it's becoming, what we're transforming into, what we're morphing into. I wouldn't even have these goals and aspirations and want to do great things if I didn't feel like there was an audience out there that were able to provide massive amounts of value to. So I'm excited for what the future holds, but I'm also not looking losing sight of how special the present moment is. And I think that's really important. People get so caught up. Well, what's the five-year plan? What are you doing next? If you do that, you miss now. You're missing the beauty of the now. All you have is the present moment. That's truly, when you think about it, that's all you have. The past has happened. You're, you're, you're a fool if you're dwelling on the past. The past is done. It's over. Future is things that have not happened yet. And what impacts your future? What you do in your present. That's what impacts your future. That's what creates the future you want in the first place. So, um, you know, I, I, I've got great dreams and goals and aspirations, but I'm also not losing sight of how special the present moment is right now. So that being said, guys, I appreciate you all tuning in. Again, thank you to all those who called in, that uh, that commented, that engaged, obviously. Mark Ryan also, I appreciate him taking the time to chat with us and uh, really excited. Babes and Waves said you need to auction that bandana. Would somebody, Babes and Waves, actually pay for this? That would be something. Nah, I'd... I, I think this is one of those things, babes and waves, that you got to keep in the studio, man. This is a uh, it's a bit of a relic, you know what I mean? So, got to keep it in the studio. Uh, Frank did ask a question here. I, I'm going to make sure I didn't miss it. What station will broadcast the game? SEC Network Plus Radio. It'll be on 107.5 The Game. Or, Frank, if you've got a smartphone, which I'm assuming you do, download the Gamecocks app, and they will live stream the audio in there. They've also got StatCast, which is really, really nice if you want to check out the game. Hunter, I see you as well. Um, see you commenting. I appreciate you again to everybody. Thank you all so much. Appreciate you all tuning in. Go Cox, beat Penn, beat Tennessee, and we will talk to you all on Monday. Y'all have a great weekend. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. 
With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.